Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. It's 133 at Edmonton, 233 in Nashville. The Oilers, the second of a back-to-back. Uh, they're in Minnesota. Did not go well for them. They lost 2-1 in regulation. The Preds, meanwhile, were in St. Louis last night. One, uh, lost one nothing in overtime. Kevin Lankinen, a goaltender that our next guest, uh, Brian Lawton, brought up, uh, brought up during the course of last season. We'll get the start for the Preds. You heard from Chris Mason. He says Lankinen has played quite well. We expect Jack Campbell to start in goal. Royal Pizza. Proud to support 630 Cheds, Santa's Anonymous. Right now at all Edmonton Royal Pizza locations, there are Santa's Anonymous boxes where you can make donations. Plus, Royal per- uh, Royal Pizza currently has the festive special where you can purchase a $50 gift card with a $10 bonus coupon. Royal Pizza is still making a great Royal Pizza where everything's real at Royal. None of that synthetic crap. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's spectacular. It's Royal Pizza stuff recommendation mediterranean chicken brendan escott a big fan of the texan brendan let me know when we're good to go we are good we are good we head off to the river Cree resort and casino hotline and we are pleased to hook up with our Oilers now headliner for will hawk beef jerky trent i need to hook the fellows up that's what i'm going to tell you will hawk beef jerky it's the best you've ever tasted search for will hawk w-i-l-h-a-u-k today we welcome back to the show i've seen him twice in the last 12 days which is more than i've seen him over the last three years uh we welcome back to the show he was a regular contributor to the show for three years. Uh, the former GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning started Octagon's player agency, uh, did some uh, television work with the NHL Network, Brian Lawton. Hello, Brian. How are you? You uh, you made my night last night. Not only did I see you, but uh, my son got a chance to meet you, and he's a huge fan. enjoys the work he's that you huge... do. and <laughs> a huge Oiler fan, too. But he's a huge Bob Stoffer that... fan. He loves loves what you do. He must be the only one because I'm not. I don't even have a huge fan of my own household, so it, it doesn't happen often. Uh, man, t- talk about us! Spe- I mean, literally, as soon as I saw him, I knew it was your son. <laughs> like it was incredible. Uh, so, some good genetics in that family, Brian. But uh, you know, your wife helps as well on the way there. So that let's get to it. You've seen the Edmonton Oilers twice in a span of two weeks, albeit against Minnesota. Sometimes there's stylistic matchups that are a challenge for Edmonton, or is it emblematic of a bigger issue from the Oilers? What would you what would you say to that, Brian? Uh, probably a little bit of both, to be honest with you. There's definitely uh, no denying the fact that certainly on the road, uh, the Minnesota Wild match up very well at home for them against the Edmonton Oilers. They're a big, strong team that likes to cycle. Their D is not maybe what it used to be, but they still have a good mobile D with some really smart defenders. And uh, they're just heavy. 
not not unlike the Washington Capitals when they played Edmonton recently. Uh, heavy teams can give them a little bit of trouble, particularly right now when the Oilers are still really besieged with key injuries. Uh, but it was noticeable last last night as to the disparity in how heavy a team Minnesota is versus where the Oilers are at. Well, you make a great point about Washington, and the Oilers are 0-2, and Washington's, they've been besieged by injuries, uh, as you know. Um, Minnesota, we had Bill Guerin on the show Friday. He talked about the fact he'd like to see what his team looks like with everybody in it because he doesn't have uh, Hartman and, and uh, Duhame, who's... You know, uh, had 120 penalty minutes on the fourth line role last year. Hartman had 30 plus goals. Uh, that said, Evander Kane had 35 goals in 58 games and gives the Oilers something different in their top six. And McLeod's a promising third line center. So I think that it's fair to say that the Oilers were, are missing a bit at forward. But do you think it's incumbent upon Ken Holland and the Oilers management group to perhaps change the makeup a bit of what the Oilers have up front? Uh, I'd be surprised if they don't, to be honest with you. Now, you know, you, you got to preach patience, obviously, and no one's better than that than Ken Holland. You know, he's just been around the block so many times. He's a pretty steady, a very steady hand on the till. So, um, but in this particular case, you know, at this stage in the season, you know, I I could certainly see management as a whole coming to the conclusion that we could be a little bit heavier. Uh, we could upgrade our forward group in general. Um, you know, the, the Edmonton Oilers are a playoff team, but I don't think that's really the goal for them anymore. The, the goal is to become a legitimate Stanley Cup contending team every year as, you know, they have two of the top five players in the game, in my opinion. And uh, I think there's still some work that needs to be done for them to achieve that status. All right, well, let's go position by position, goaltender. And Campbell, we, we assume, is getting the call tonight. Obviously, the Oilers have to be happy with what they've gotten out of Stuart Skinner. Uh, how much of this is really about Jack Campbell finding his game? Well, Stuart Skinner has been so good that he's mitigated a lot of the issues that Jack has had thus far. You know, Jack is one of those goaltenders that doesn't necessarily make uh, any of the same two saves in his career. And even if it's the exact same shot, he's just a guy that's unorthodox. And when pucks are hitting him, he looks wonderful back there. And he had some incredible stretches with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I'm sure that's what the Edmonton Oilers saw when they were contemplating signing him. At the same time, when pucks aren't hitting him, it's really ugly. And pucks are going through him. And it can be rough. He has not had a good stretch yet. I would expect him to find that at some point and probably some point soon. He's a good goaltender, but he has struggled mightily for Edmonton. And Stewart has really mitigated a lot of that that loss that otherwise uh, they'd be feeling. So, you know, things sometimes balance out in the strangest ways. But Jack Campbell definitely uh, is due to find his game and find his game in a big way. We're joined by former NHL GM uh, Brian Lawton, who has uh, taken a year off and looking to get, uh, well, I guess, you know, we've discussed it before. You're, at some point here, you're going to be working for a team. Uh, from your perspective, is the Oilers' defense good enough? Uh, from my perspective, no, not right now. Uh, yes, let me say yes and no. Yes, 
for them to be a playoff team, no for them to be a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. And I know, I mean, this organization has done it in the past where you finish eighth and maybe you go on a run. But that was a different team back then for Edmonton. That was a Chris Pronger-led team. Darnell Nurse is kind of that version, but I don't think Darnell Nurse you know, has enough oomph individually to drive the entire team, maybe the way Chris Pronger could back in his day. Any concerns over Bouchard? I mean, he got, I know a couple of writers took some shots at him, as they're one to do. They love going after the younger players. Um, I mean, I, I, Evan Oss did a, uh, it had some minutes where he got pucks up the ice and helped out in Edmonton's transition. Uh, we've had some people suggest that the Oilers should trade Bouchard. That'd be the last thing that I'd uh, do. I'd like to get your thoughts on that. I don't think they should trade him, no. I do think he's going through a really rough stretch. Uh, I love his game. I love the way he performed last year. Have not seen it this year. And it is concerning. Um, you know, I've dealt with a lot of young players in my career as an agent and as a general manager, and you try a lot of different things to get him going. Nothing seems to have worked thus far for Evan. Uh, you know, ultimately, he's going to get his himself back to the level he was last year, but we haven't seen it. And I watched almost all the Oiler games, so there's some work to do there. I'm sure the coaching staff is frustrated. I'm sure Evan is frustrated. But for whatever reason, uh, he just has not been able to get back to that level, and this team desperately needs him to get back to that level. In any scenario for making any changes for the Edmonton Oilers, Evan Bouchard needs to be a piece of that, particularly this year, just based on getting a top four D that is cheap. And you go through different cycles as a team, but Evans, you know, contribution, if it's anywhere near it was last year at the money he's being paid is a massive boost in the salary cap world. So everybody's incentivized to get that back to where it should be. But uh, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say I'm very concerned from what I've seen from him from his overall play. I'd like to think that he's due to really get back to his game and to take off in a big way. Saw a couple of kind of false starts, but I haven't seen anything that's stuck from him yet consistently. And he's proven in the past that he can be a consistent contributor offensively and defensively. But right now he looks a little bit betwitched in terms of his responsibility is very hesitant defensively, and it's really hurting his game. So, Brian, he finished 11th in the league last year in five-on-five scoring for defensemen on an entry-level contract. Uh, now, he did hit all of his bonuses, so it cost the Oilers about $1.7 million with an $800,000 bonus overage. But he played the back half of the season with a 39-year-old veteran in Duncan Keith that had been there, done that, you name it. He was all over it. Um, right now, they're playing him with Broberg, who's reminds me a lot of Kenny Onsen, by the way. And it didn't happen in a straight upward trajectory for Kenny Onsen. He ended up getting moved to the Islanders. Do the Oilers need to look at bringing in a, a bigger, more physical left shot to play? If they're going to play Kulak and Barry together, do they need to bring in a more established player to play with Bouchard and then just slow play Broberg a bit? What do you think? Um, I think it's a very pivotal time for the franchise. You want to, you know, Philip Broberg, I think, has a wonderful future in this game. 
but uh, would it benefit their team immensely to get maybe more of a veteran player rather than be rolling out to essentially uh, rookie players, even though Evan's not a rookie? Yes, I do think it would be. I think it's almost unfair at times for Broberg to ask him to have to try to carry that. And yet this is a salary cap world that we're in. It's just uh, it's incumbent upon the Oilers to find ways to get everybody playing well. And having a veteran in that slot, I think, would serve them a lot better somebody that maybe does give them a little bit of size. I didn't like the chirping that was going on last night. A lot's been made of it between Jordan Greenway and Darnell Nurse. Um, You know, Darnell's a big guy. He's your number one D. He really can't fight every winger that kind of challenges him. But I, I, I think the organization has to probably take a look at that and see how they can combat that to get this team you know, running on a high-octane offense that they should. I really do. That's not easy to do, but that is definitely a challenge that you can rest assured has to be on the minds of management. Well, I mean, you can say, well, we intimidate with our power play, and it's the number one power play in the league, but when you go one for five in a game, like they won the game on the power play on Friday against Minnesota, but they had the home changes, and they got the matchups they wanted, Brian. And their power play was the first power play was awful, and their fourth one was awful when they had a chance to to tie the game in the, in the third period. Um, and I I think if any team can afford to have a twelve forward that maybe is a little bit more limited, but has a very unique set of skills that isn't afraid to use them once in a while, it's a team that's got two forwards that can play twenty two minutes a game. And, and and destroy us. So uh, I'm I'm with you on that. I wouldn't mind having a, a, a. I don't know if I'd spend three and a half million on a physical defenseman. Maybe there's a subtler pickup out there. Yes, a Poliarvi. How many times over the last three seasons, Brian, did we end up on your, on your weekly hits? How many times you, was it? Every single hit we ended up talking about Jesse Poliarvi. Do you think? Well, I, I think we probably did quite a bit. I mean, yes, he's a pretty polarizing player. People either love him or they don't. Uh, right now, I really feel for him. He's going through a tough stretch. Um, I can appreciate his candidacy, but I don't think that helps his cause about his comments lately. You know, something's got to give there, and I'm sure it will at some point. Um, you know, a lot of times you see these guys kind of rebound and re-get the wind in their sails and they take off again. In Yessie's case, I probably think it would be better for him and the club, quite frankly, if they could find a deal for him that makes sense for the club. That's just not easy to do when everybody knows you may be contemplating that. Um, but I, I, I believe before the deadline there's something that makes sense. Yes, he's a younger player that I think has a bright future. Uh, it's been a rough go for him lately kind of lost his scoring touch. He's a big guy that, you know, he's not that prototypical finish every check for a big guy. So scoring is really important for his game. And when that's not happening, then players like him lose a lot of their value. I think you'd agree he's not an intuitive goal scorer, right? Like it just no. doesn't happen to him naturally. Um we just had Frank Cervalli on, and he suggested that Paul Yarby, the orders move in Paul Yarby, would require an asset moved on top of it. Do you agree or disagree? I don't agree with that. I just don't believe you're going to. You know, the rub is always that you draft a player to certain spots, and it doesn't matter if it's 3, 4, 10, 25. You always kind of want to get that back. 
Because of where Yessie was drafted, I don't believe that that is a likely scenario at all. So now you just got to make the best deal you can, and you got to move forward. It's you know, yes, he's a good player. He can play in the National Hockey League. There's no doubt about that. He may explode into being a much better player down the road. But most people, you know, that I've spoken to in the scouting community, they still question that hockey sense just a little bit. And that's one thing that can hold you back if you're a big guy um, that isn't overly physical is do you have the hockey sense to play a different style of game? And that's a question mark that just hasn't been answered and that's going to drive the value down. But I also think in the interim, it really hurts the club when you're not getting much out of that player because hockey is not basketball. you got to get somebody, something out of everybody in your lineup every night in order to win consistently. You liked Kevin Lankinen last year and thought maybe the Oilers should look at him before Mike Smith came back. And, and frankly, Smith played great when he came back in the Oilers lineup and got healthy. Uh, is there a subtler player out there that you think could help Edmonton that may be potentially available in the marketplace where you look at and go, you know, that guy makes sense to Edmonton to help address some needs? Um, I think right now, you know, we're at that stage of the season where everybody is kind of checking and looking where they're going to head up, where they're going to end up, where they want to end up. And there's lots of players that are going to be available. I mean, there's big-name players you have to think uh, in Chicago alone. And I'm starting with Chicago because I'm thinking of teams, you know, that have kind of cast in die what their future looks like. And their future looks like right. they've declared, you know, they're going to choose. They've declared, you know, Montreal is a team I thought would be there, but they haven't necessarily declared. And yet I believe deep down Montreal is a team with new management, a new GM, a new president, a new coach and Marty St. Louis, not new this year, but certainly early on in his career, that you're thinking, okay, we're going to rebuild this thing. So our older veteran players, whether that be uh, David Savard or Joel Edmondson or you name it, uh, you know, we can look at Chicago, Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane. These are guys that realistically, you got to think, are going to be available when the time gets there. What I never appreciated as a GM and you get forced into this because of the salary cap, but you want to wait as long as you can so the players are as cheap as they are. Guys like Taves and Kane, for instance, making $10.5 million. You know, that's a lot to fit under your salary cap, even if the team retains half. But you don't get the full effect of guys like that, particularly in those two players' cases, Taves and Kane. They're both UFAs. You'd love to get them into your lineup sooner rather than later. This is a year, at least the Edmonton Oilers, in my opinion, are a team that would benefit from trying to figure out how maybe they use some of that cap space that they're accruing because of the loss of Evander Kane, uh, because Clefbaum, Mike Smith, these guys are on LTI. Uh, you have some other cap space that you can potentially access. Uh, you got to be doing everything you can to get a player like a Kane, a Taze, Ryan O'Reilly is another unrestricted free agent. Bo Horvat in Vancouver. These are big-time players that every team in the league would like to have, but I think you're really better served as an organization if you try to make that move as early as you can possibly fit it in versus waiting to the very end so it's cheaper. 
Ryan, great stuff. It was great seeing you in St. Paul uh, twice over the last uh, couple of weeks. Thank you for joining us again on Oilers Now. Uh, my pleasure, Bob. Thank you. You bet. That is Brian Lawton, the former GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Started Octagon's uh, player agency. You heard him uh, talk about the fact that he's not sure that Jesse's comments helped the situation here in Edmonton a bit. Uh, he would be a guy that would advise players as well. Uh, this day in Oilers history for New West Travel. Give the gift to travel and join Oilers now in Vegas this January to see the Oilers play the Golden Knights. You can reach out to New West Travel at newwesttravel.com. We're going to go back to this date. A 1985 and a guy by the name of Wayne from the Edmonton operation. Brendan? The Oilers trailing the Jets 3-0 after the first period, but they do rally to win 6-3. Wayne had two goals and two assists as the Oilers move to 22-5-4 on the year. Tonight, tonight, tonight. Uh, let's see. In two and a half hours, I will be joining you on the Faceoff Show live from Bridgestone Arena with Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Cam Moon, Jack Michaels, Brennan Escott, all part of the Oilers Radio Network. The puck drop for tonight's game is at 6. I'll be in studio tomorrow at uh, noon. The team flies back about a four-hour and ten-minute flight tonight after the game. And uh, it's an off CBA-mandated off day for the Oilers, but uh, you'll be stuck with me tomorrow from the studio. We might even take some calls depending upon how things go. Mark Spector, oh, that'll be an interesting conversation for Aquarian Renovations. Uh, he will join us on tomorrow's show. David Staples from the Cult of Hockey as well. Up next, the global news weather traffic update from Kevin Robertson, followed by Angela Coquat today from 2 to 3 p.m. And then the 6.30 Ched afternoons of Jalen and I from 3 until 4.30 Edmonton time. Uh, Argentina is closing out Croatia. Lionel Messi will play for uh, a second uh, World Cup uh, final. Of course, he was uh, with Argentina when they lost in extra time to Germany and Brazil back in 2014. It's 3-0 Argentina over Croatia, uh, and they're in the final minute of that game. So there you have it. I'll talk to you in two and a half hours off to a global news, weather, traffic update with Kevin Robertson.